0: Everybody, it's me, Angie Clay, and I'm back again with uh, Liberate and Lather, a journey to self care. And we're t- here today. We're going to talk with Ayana Webb, and we're going to talk about her business and what she does and how she implements self care in her life. Um, Ayana's website, if you go to it, it's themusicalweb.com. And on it, you'll see it says A Journey to Musical Success. She offers beginner online piano classes, and we'll talk about Maybe if you're not a beginner and you want to learn something new, I'm sure she is down to help you with that too, but we'll find out more. And um, also we'll learn a little bit about her. It was very interesting as I was looking into her business. Um, she, she started out her career at an accounting firm and got into that for three months and decided that it wasn't for her. She felt a pull towards music. And so we're gonna talk about that journey getting there. And she decided she didn't wanna be a part of the cubicle nation. So she decided to make a twist. And so I'm really interested in hearing about that. And today we're gonna talk about occupational wellness and how it's so important about having a job that you love and how that aids to self care. Then we're also gonna talk about intellectual wellness. We don't talk about a whole lot about, but learning something new can really lead to more creativity, and also helps mm-hmm. with your knowledge bank. So, without further ado, Ayana, welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm really excited to, you know, share my journey and hopefully it will inspire other people to, you know, just take the leap and, you know, do the things that they love, regardless of whatever resistance that they deal with, you know, with the rest of the world. Because that that tends to be, that tends to be the biggest passion of mine, is helping people kind of combat that resistance. You know, we live in a world where we're always told no, or you can't do this, or you can't do that. And we kind of fall into this, this programmed way of life. And it's already not normal for people to fall outside of that program, but to fall outside of that program and to actually succeed is even, you know, more unheard of. And I, I do feel like we need more examples of people who can kind of fall outside of that programming that we all have, you know, in terms of feeling like, you have to be a part of the right race to succeed. You have to be a part of the corporate world to succeed. And that's not true at all. So I feel like that's pretty much my life's purpose is to kind of be the example to other people that it is possible to to pursue your passion and to also learn everything that you need to learn to become successful financially, emotionally, spiritually, et cetera, while you're pursuing your passion.
0: So Mm. yeah. (laughs) Yes, I love those keys of wellness because When you have all those things in place you have something one to help you with checks and balances and Mm -hmm. once they're all working those keys open up so many doors for you mentally physically everything Um, and then it's a good way to say oh wait a minute i'm feeling grumpy going to work so something evidently isn't like making me happy (laughs) at work so i need to examine that so Mm -hmm. with that thought in mind so tell us a little bit about so you were at this accounting firm. So everybody would think like, oh my goodness, accounting firm. Woo woo. She's moving up <laughs> the world. So right. tell us a little bit about that.
1: <clears throat> so here's the thing. Music has been a part of my life since I was a kid. Since I was maybe eight, nine years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was something that even when I kind of tried to shy away from it, it still found its way back into my life. And I just always had a gravitation towards it. And I was kind of growing up in a world where we thought, oh, well, you know, I'm just turning my, my phone's been vibrating. I'm putting it on do not disturb, so it doesn't keep ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, you know, because I kind of was kind of growing up in a world where people are like, oh, you know, there's no money in music, which I found out to be untrue. I think the music recording industry right now works somewhere over $50 billion. Mm-hmm. So that's a totally different conversation. But I was still, the point is, I was under this mindset that I would not be making any money in music, regardless of what I decide to pursue. So what happened was, um, my decision to do accounting was partially inspired by my mom's history, because she was the first in our family to go to college, and accounting was her major at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I told my mom, and that was a very pivotal conversation I had with her, because I told her, when I first was deciding to, you know, go to college and take my major, I was like, mom, I want to be an accountant like you, and I want to make lots of money. So at the time, I felt like being happy and making lots of money were directly correlated. And me being young, I didn't really know any better. And her answer was, as long as you do what you love. And she kept it at that. She didn't say, oh, do this or do that. She said, as long as you do what you love, that's all that matters. And it didn't really register how important that was until that internship came along which the internship was extremely important because it taught me the true values of life which is really what internships should be about yeah you should you know gain experience in internships but you should really get it, you should really use the internships to get a taste of what your life is going to be like if you continue on that you know on that path mm-hmm. so i was very fortunate enough to get a paid internship my first year in college you know and most people know that it's hard to get an internship at all until like your junior senior year. So I, I counted my blessings then. And even my boss said, you know, all you have to do is you just stay here, you know, continue your internship for four years. And then once you graduate, you pass all your exams, you have a job here, so you have to look for a job. So I was pretty much set, right? And then something interesting happened. You know, obviously, you know, first the only job is exciting or whatever the case is, but once that wears off, Then the real feeling sets in, Uh (laughs) and you know I started getting what they what they call the Sunday blues or Monday blues.
0: Yeah, Monday. Well, they arrive on Sunday, and Monday is like (laughs) the downpour.
1: (laughs) Right. It's like you know, and we're talking about maybe three months into this. You know, I didn't even complete the internship, and I was still in school, and I was working there part time, and it wasn't necessarily the job environment, so I'm not gonna throw the intern, you know, the, the firm under the bus because <laughs> it was a great environment. It was just, it was so, for me, it was so unfulfilling. You know, I just felt like, I felt like I was withering away, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: totally. And I
1: felt like I could do so much more in life than to kind of just go to the same job every single day and do the same mundane things. And it was just, it, it took a toll on me after a while. And I became so miserable, like when Sunday came around, I just dreaded the week coming in. I'm like, there's, it just felt like my life slowed down. Like, you know how every minute feels like an hour. And then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you're looking at the clock, like, okay, what time can I get off of work? And I had to really evaluate. I said, I've only been at this job for six, for three months, right? And if I feel this way every single week, then, how can I handle feeling this way full-time for the next 30, 40, 50 years of my life? That just, the thought of that just horrified me, you know? And then I had to be honest with myself. I said, okay, well, let's just take money out of the equation for a second. What do I really want to do? What is the thing that's always been tugging at me that I've been shying away from? And it was always music. I'm like, if, I, if money wasn't even a factor, um, I would be I would be involved in music. That's just my thing was just music, you know. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna take the leap. Um, You know, in terms of figuring out how to make money with music, I will figure that out later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I figured, okay, I'm a smart person. I'm sure I'll I'll figure something out, you know, but for right now, I need to make the decision to do what it is I actually love and then I'll feel the shift. And that's exactly what happened. I remember the day I switched my major to music. It was like a huge weight was lifted off
0: Mm. it was
1: like my whole life was (laughs) i was about to embark on a crazy journey just from that day i switched that little menu bar like okay which major do you want switch to music it was like i knew a whole new life was coming ahead of me and i remember coming home and telling my mom about it i was like mom guess what she said what i said i switched my major to music and you know what she said
0: about time
1: that's what she (laughs) (laughs) was like I was waiting for you to do that and the crazy thing was in my mind I'm like I told her I said why didn't you just tell me from the beginning to do music and she said you had to come to that decision on your own Mm -hmm. and it has been a roller coaster ride since then so (laughs) I guess you could say like the rest was history but I think that the important part of that lesson is like you said do what you love and it, it really does take an emotional toll In the long run, it makes the rest of your life much more enjoyable. And, you know, when it comes to finances, that is the secondary priority, at least to me, you know? Mm -hmm. So if anything, they say you do what you love, then the money will come. And that is absolutely true. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Because we do (laughs) what we want to do, right? And you know that, you know, if this is something that you really want in life, you will, by any means necessary, really go after it. And the Mm -hmm. thing that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, you know, like bring out, you know? Um, That's everybody's (laughs) searching, but they have that imposter syndrome or the mindset, the fixed mindset, too nervous with what people say around them, you know, um, to do that. I remember I wanted to be a fashion designer. Like I wanted to be (laughs) fashion and everybody was like, well, you gotta find something you need to get a job in. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so I, I had, if you look at my career and all the jobs i had, I bartend, I like, I was like, I want to do, I mean, it was just like, I really wanted to be a writer and mm-hmm. like now it's full circle. Like I'm back kind of like writing, doing things like that is in that. And I'm just right. like, oh my goodness. But sometimes <laughs> you got to go through this whole big circle to come back around to what you really wanted to do. Yes. That's how it always works. Mm-hmm.
1: It does, you know, and I'm, and I'm not mm-hmm. even knocking you know, let's say if you pursue what you want and you still have a day job in a way, well, I, I call those bridge jobs because if you have a job that is sustaining you while you're building your business, and then that job also becomes integral in funding and investing or giving you the opportunity to invest in your business. So if you're in a position where you need the finances to grow your business and getting a job, I'm not going to knock that, you know, because that would actually be important yeah. um, to stay at that job would not be the goal but to use that job to get you from one level to the next would be would be ideal too
0: so yeah. oh, but that's kind of like your angel investor right i'm like your job remember your job is just yeah what you want to do so like don't quit exactly. It.
1: <laughs> you know, I exactly
0: starbucks sold phones to like keep my little dream going you know it's like and you learn so many things from those situations because you know you think about if you work at a coffee house how many like creatives come through there, having this conversation yeah. while you're mixing? I mean, it was like in situations like that, I've met some cool people and was like, "Hey, give me a call. You know, we can talk more about this thing you want to do." In right. Each situation is a part that you have to look for the opportunities.
1: Hmm. Yes. Agreed.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, the music side. So now you've into your music. So how how does that look in your life? Mm-hmm.
1: um you mean in terms of like the, my career in music or
0: yeah like so you teach uh classes like how did you decide to like you want to teach piano classes like you have these courses which i thought was so neat <laughs> thank um, you yeah. <laughs> you know
1: it, it's funny because um when i switched my major to music mm-hmm. i didn't even imagine myself going the piano route it's ironic because as a kid, I actually hated piano lessons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would never thought, you know, that you would have never thought that my path had taken the, the route it took. But um even for me, I will be transparent that even when it comes to teaching piano, even that's not my last stop. Mm-hmm. You know, the one aspect of music is going to actually, I feel like that's going to catapult me into a much bigger purpose, which I'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, as as life goes on, I start to understand. The, the real role that piano plays in my life. And it really is a lot bigger than just me, which, you know, it's also ironic. But what ended up happening was, um, you know, I switched my major to music. I was going to go into originally classical voice because I was going to go, oh, well, you know, I'm going to apply for the Metropolitan Opera and be an opera singer, you know, whatever, whatever. That was what I had in my mind. And not realizing that even then I was still crippling myself because I'm still working for someone else. So <laughs> it was like this life path where it's like, okay, not only are you going to do music, but you're going to do music on your own terms. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of missed that point originally, and a lot of things happened in my life that kind of forced me to start my own business, which I'm grateful for. um You know, in terms of like thinking about uh how do I explain this when I was going to you know going to school for music and piano was a part of you know the requirement to get my music degree so I take piano I kind of I think that was when I really kind of got back into piano and I got and kind of got back to it at an age where I could really appreciate it and I just you know just took off with it um but you know a lot of unfortunate things happened um my mom passed away unfortunately um when I was still in school I actually ended up having to take off of school for about a year and a half to take care of her um and um right after she passed away I decided to go back to school cuz I felt like it would be healthier for me to kind of just, you know, get, you know, work on something productive as opposed to dwelling on grief. And, you know, that was my way of coping with grief was to get back into school and to, you know, focus on my career and things like that, which it did help. But obviously, because I no longer had an internship, you know, I was still in need of some finance, you know, some financial support, things like that. And at the time, my mom was my financial support, but since she was no longer there, I was kind of caught in the situation where I had to sink or swim and I had to do it fast. You know, so what ended up happening was I was um, I figured, okay I'm good at piano now. You know, I'm still in college. I don't have my degree, but I I know something. So what I was doing was I was applying for a different job um, in the area, like, you know, different little music schools where you can teach kids private lessons, things like that. And uh, what happened was I kept losing those positions to people who have master's degrees and who've been teaching for X many years. So it was a very competitive business. And I learned that pretty early on. So I was getting frustrated because I'm like, I'm, you know, applying to all these different places and no one is, you know, accepting me. So I said, you know what? I said, what is going to stop me from just taking what little money I have left and just ordering a bunch of flyers and just getting my own students? So that was pretty much how it started. And what happened was, I ordered 5,000 flyers. I actually still have uh, some copies of those flyers. We're talking about 2011. <laughs> <laughs> so I might have to take one of those flyers and laminate it or something, you know, yeah. just to kind of remind myself of what yeah. my, you know, my, my beginnings. And, and uh, I remember getting up that summer every single morning at five in the morning and putting out a 100 flyers or going to a 100 houses a day and putting out those flyers indoors. Because I had in mind, I had an idea of how many students I wanted to get by the end of the summer. And I said, okay, I kind of worked the numbers backwards. If I need um, X amount of students, if I want to get this many students, I need to pass out this many flyers. Because as you know, it's about conversion rates. For those who don't know about conversion (laughs) rates, let's say out of 100 flyers, I get one student, the conversion rate would be 1%. So I go, okay, if my conversion rate is 1%, if I want 20 students, I need to pass out 2,000 flyers. And if I want to get 20 students within a certain period of time, I need to pass out this many flyers in a certain period of time. I had a whole like system, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm gonna get these flyers out in in the morning before people leave their houses. So the first thing that they see on the door is the flyer. they'll, by reflex, they'll read it. So I had this whole system where I was getting up at five in the morning, during the weekdays, passing out 100 flyers a day. You know, just getting, you know, just hitting the pavement, You know, I had my maps with me to make sure I marked the streets that I already did and I marked the streets that I was going to do. Like I had this whole thing planned out. And then by the end of that summer, I ended up having like over between like 20 to 30 private students. So, and if anything, um, it worked out better because I was able to set my own rates, which means I was actually getting paid more than I would have if I had applied to those other jobs, Mm -hmm. because the way it worked is you know however much they charge for lessons I only get a a, a portion of that whereas if they're my own students I get a hundred percent of what I charge Mm
0: -hmm. and I set
1: my own schedule so it it just worked out (laughs) better I should have did that
0: first (laughs) yeah
1: and then um you know just fast forward a few years and then after some time I was like you know what this is this is nice but I don't want to stay here I want to be able to expand my business and that was when I got the idea of selling courses online. And this is when courses, you know, over the internet was starting to be starting to kind of catch a little bit of traction. Not as much as it did this year, but, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a thing. So what ended up happening was I, you know, published my first course, which is the one I have up online now. It's my, it's, it's called the uh, online piano course for beginners. Mm-hmm. So that's like my flagship course, which is a hundred, It's a, it's $99. And it goes over all the basics from like the very beginning of like how to name the keys and the keyboard. And it goes all the way to, you know, you being able to play both hands, being able to play in different keys, learning about chords, learning how to sight read. It goes through all of those different theory basics and it comes with exercises, things like that. So I initially built that course in 2015, I think it was. And I started aggressively promoting it in 2016. And that was when I got connected to my mentor. Um, yes, I'm gonna plug him in. His name, is, his name is Jermaine Griggs, and he has a website called hearandplay.com. And he has an incredible story, like just by himself, he has a whole nother incredible okay. story. But long story short, he built that business. Now, his courses, he teaches people how to play gospel piano by ear. So mm. it's piano, but it's a different aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And he made millions off of that court, off of that company. And he became so successful that he created a second business called automationclinic.com where he teaches other business owners how to sell courses and how to promote their courses. And the most important aspect of the way he taught me was automation. So it was really about not only being free from a financial standpoint, but also being free from a time standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, which I think a lot of course creators and people who are getting clients tend to miss cause they're like, Oh yeah, quit your job, get clients. But, what's the point of quitting a nine to five job if you're transferring over to a business that's going to take up 10 hours of your day, 12 hours of your day, you know? Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was, and I'm I'm getting somewhere with this. (laughs) Um, so I kind of got on that train. Basically he was teaching me the systems, how to use my piano teaching business online to be able to automate my income and also automate my time. So I said, okay, you know, my goal is to be able to eventually switch my business model over to where I don't have to um, teach physical private lessons all the time, you know, because it, it became a growing business with private lessons, but it also became very draining because now it went from 20 students to close to 40 students. And then it became like super long days. And it was just, I just became very tired all the time. And I'm like, I want to be able to travel more. I want to be able to you know, expand my business to where I can make more money than what I'm available to do time-wise, right. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because in that case, I would be my own bottleneck. So the course route was the way to go because number one, the course is already up there and people are just paying to access material that I've already recorded. So I don't have, to, it's, it's a hands-off system pretty much. So that was the goal was to transition um, from private lessons to doing courses and my membership program online. And that's exactly what, what happened. Um, this year, actually, May of this year, 2020, was the final month of me teaching private lessons, and my life has been <laughs> totally different since then. So, yeah, uh, thank you. So, that's pretty much what, what's gotten me here.
0: That's really amazing. It's a really good story, especially for, you know, I interview a lot of uh, women that already have, you know, businesses, and we talk about the self-care within that, but also, too, my mm-hmm. business serves other women who are, you know, have jobs. but also, their dreams could be, how can I start my own thing? And hearing right. your story, it allows them to say, hey, I can leave this job or I can use this job to fuel some other things that I want to do. And yes. if people are in their businesses currently and they're sitting at their desk in their house at 10 hours a day. They <laughs> say, well, right. wait a minute. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Eureka, I found it. I need to find a way to automate my business. So that's really
1: Exactly. Good.
0: So tell exactly. me about your self-care. So we, um, you've now automated things. How do you take care of yourself in that way? You know,
1: it's funny you mentioned that because now that I have um, more time, at least for right now, um, ever since I discontinued lessons, uh, the first thing that I did was I took a few months off in a sense of like. You know, the minimum that I do is check emails, but that's only maybe like 15, 20 minutes a day. I even hired a customer service rep to handle the emails and phone calls. So, even that, the customer service side of it is now pretty much automated, it's outsourced and automated. And the first thing that I did the week after I discontinued lessons, I went on a two and a half week vacation. (laughs) So, and the, the most, the most, the thing that brought me peace of mind was knowing that. I didn't have to limit myself when it comes to travel because I didn't have to worry about losing money because the money was also, you know, the income that was coming in from my online courses didn't, it didn't require me to be pinned to a particular location in a particular time. Mm-hmm. So that by itself made things so much easier, but I, I made it a priority to give myself room to deflate because I'm like, I've been teaching for nine years. That is not not telling my age but that's a third of my life (laughs) so you know I work and then to try to get my my online business off the ground I'm doing two different things and I'm taking a few years to do it the first thing I said I need to just take time to just relax (laughs) and you know I had other ideas of things that I wanted to do but I said you know what let me not sabotage myself by just jumping right into the next venture, because I'm not giving myself a chance to really recover from all the hard work that I put in to get to this point. So that was the first thing. And I'm, it made such a big difference. And during that time, I also made it a priority to read more, um, especially when it comes to how to books and, you know, kind of focus a bit more on my finances in terms of, you know, building my assets, you know, appreciable assets, making sure that I have my savings and other things that I've been putting off because that money that I would have been putting towards saving in retirement was going into reinvesting into my business. So that was the other thing that I started to shift my focus in. And um, that was, like I said, that was the first line of self-care was just taking June, July, and August to just not worry about other ventures. Don't worry about jumping into something else because you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always like, Oh, you know, hustle, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. hustle. <laughs> next thing, next thing, next,
0: more, give me more. Right.
1: <laughs> so I had, I had to turn that part of my brain off. Cause I'm like, if I do that, I will go crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's for mentally for me, that was, that was the key. And then, you know, once you do that, once you slow down, you start to realize, okay, yeah, this is something that I needed. And then your body will kind of tell you when it's ready to do the next thing. So that's kind of the phase I'm in now. I'm like, okay, I've I rested for the summer. I've got my vacation time. I've got my rest time. Now, physically and spiritually, mentally, now I know I'm ready to move on to the next thing. But even then, I'm still taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the first thing. And then the other thing that I've recently started to do is I started to do my runs. So actually, I did a run this morning uh, right before I did this podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing too is also eating healthier because that can take a huge toll on your energy levels your mood things like that and i i realized you know i can do fitness but anybody who knows about fitness knows that you can work out but if you're not eating healthy then all that working out means nothing whereas if it's the reverse if you eat healthy and not work out eating healthier will still have a much larger effect you know on your body your energy and then working out will kind of be like a you know an an accompaniment to that Mm -hmm. so i figured okay i need to get on top of both i've been you know, experimenting with smoothies lately, like, you know, fruit smoothies and vegetable smoothies and, you know, plant protein based um ingredients, things like that. So that's the next thing that I've been focusing on, I would say within the past month or so. And it's, it's made a huge difference. My face is cleared up.
0: <laughs> I'm more
1: energetic. I'm more, you know, I can take on the day. I don't feel drowsy when I wake up in the morning. You know, my Mondays are
0: great. <laughs> yeah, more Sunday, Monday blues. Yeah.
1: Now it's like, it's really like if i could get the rest of the world to understand what it feels like to wake up on monday morning and go you know what i I wake up on monday and i'm like i'm ready to tackle the week i'm excited about you know what I can achieve this week what I can accomplish this week. I'm like, if I could get the rest of the world to feel that way, <laughs> then I'd be good.
0: You know, and I think it'd be any day of the week, for, you know, whenever the weekend would end, you know, if the weekend ended on the right? Tuesday, like, like, I hate Wednesdays. You know, I always hope <laughs> I love Mondays. I just like, oh, poor Monday, they hate on you, you know. Right. And then they're like, hump day Wednesday. And it was like, poor Wednesday, give you a hump, you know. like. <laughs> <laughs> slide into the weekends, like saturday right. all the love friday and saturday you know it's like mm-hmm. they're mad now it's back to monday it's why it's so important to like find that occupational wellness things that you love so that right feel good regardless what day of the week is if it's monday you're like cool you know right you know <laughs> about being an entrepreneur too we um Peter Vogue said, uh, Vogue said this, you know, he was like, you always do the opposite of what other people are doing. So usually when you're an entrepreneur, like during the week where everybody's at work, like you're in, you know, Trader Joe's, you can get through it. Right. Like, <laughs> we can. I do not go to any box stores. It's like, I'll like, I be like, right past. So I'm like, uh-uh. oh, everybody else is like at work. You get through like, you know, it, it's just so much easier.
1: <laughs> it is and you know what if there's one if there's one message that i would like to give to entrepreneurs it really is they have to know the difference between activity and productivity Mm -hmm. actually my mentor uh did a video on this which is actually one of my favorite videos of his on his uh, youtube channel called automation Mondays. Mm -hmm. and he said that there's a difference between you always being busy when or there's a difference between you always being busy you're always feeling like you're getting things done because you're always in product, you know, in hustle mode and understanding how much of that work is actually bringing your results. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in some cases that may end up, you know, holding a lot of entrepreneurs back because they're spending a lot of their time doing things that aren't bringing them results because it feels good to them. It gives them that satisfaction, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And he brings in this, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of this term called the Pareto principle
0: yeah right you do the 20 yeah. percent. you get exactly results. yeah mm-hmm. right
1: so he and he also talked about the um the 16x i'm not sure if you heard
0: about that i don't know about the 16x no i know so it grant cardone has something like similar does he know my thing i don't, his, really, okay, follow yeah. I don't oh, anyway, really follow grant cardone yeah go ahead just talk about the 16x yeah
1: but it, it basically takes that pareto principle for those for those who are watching. Uh, it basically, it's basically, it's, it's an 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. Um, not the one from the Tyler Perry movie. That's a different 80-20 rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, basically, it's basically saying that out of 100% of the work that you do, 20% of that work or 20% of your efforts is responsible for 80% of your results. Which also means that the other 80% of the work that you're doing is only responsible for 20% of your results. So the idea is to figure out what 20% of your efforts is pushing the most weight and to expand on that and to automate everything else. Mm-hmm. So if you spend, let's say your entire day sending out emails, you know, checking emails, you can automate that. You know, if you're sending out emails to email lists, or if you're trying to keep track of who responded to what, there are programs that actually can automate those follow up emails. Like if you're, if you find yourself doing follow up emails all day. You can, you can use a program like Infusionsoft who can automate those follow-up emails for you. So you just save yourself hours of time, right? That's an example of something that can be in like the 80% of the effort, and you can focus your 20% on things that bring your results like, let's say, paid advertising that's going to drive traffic to your site. Mm-hmm. Um, building your sales page that's going to be responsible for persuading people to buy from you. Because once you build that sales page, then the sales page will do the selling for you. So it's basically focusing your attention on what's actually important, and then everything else can kind of just be outsourced for argument and things like that. And what the 16X rule is talking about is, uh, basically what it's saying is the 20%, if, you, if we go with the 20% bringing 80% of results, and the 80% bringing 20% of results, it's saying that the 20% is 16 times more effective than the 80% of the effort that is only bringing 20% of the results. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that makes any
0: sense. Yeah, I'm fine. Know, I'm like like saying like you should focus more on what's getting you the results basically at the end of the day, right? right? So they're going here fiddling around with things that's yeah. not gonna give you ROI, return on investment. Right. Okay. Yeah,
1: so yeah. I could do like a whole nother segment on that, but that's, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but oh, his... that you yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like, go to this Automation Monday's channel and find the, the video that says activity versus productivity because he goes into more detail about what that means. But oh, yeah, awesome. so focus on what works and don't get caught up in this idea of the busier you are, the more productive you are, because in some cases that can actually hold you back mm-hmm. and that can cause you to become your own bottleneck. And bottleneck, for those who don't know, means that it's whatever is in uh, whatever part of your business is limited and it's keeping your business from growing that's your bottleneck and sometimes we can be our own bottleneck <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's one thing that i would really uh press upon entrepreneurs is don't get so caught up in trying to be productive all the time um and focus on what part of your system is is bringing the most results and what can you automate that way you can free up your time and still make more money
0: mm-hmm. and have so, more yeah. time for <laughs> self-care <laughs> yes exactly and that's the
1: that's the ultimate thing you
0: know because yeah. we burn ourselves out and mm-hmm. that's the most important part for sure awesome well thank mm-hmm. you so much you're so knowledgeable could be here all day talking about this stuff i love it right Candy. yeah because you know once you have systems in place you have all these things everything is a system right from the keys of wellness to automating your business yeah. to all these things once they're all working like a well oil machine from your body putting in good stuff working out it works well for you so it's Mm -hmm. awesome that we talk about these things and share these things with each other yeah so absolutely so tell everybody where they can find you on the internet streets if they want to reach out to you Mm -hmm.
1: so um my last name is Webb, webb so the website is called the musical so you go www.themusicalweb.com so that's www.the M-U-S-I-C-A-L-W-E-B-B dot com. And on Facebook, uh, you can just type in the musical web. It should pop up. Instagram is uh whatever the uh, hash not hashtag um handle is the musical web with the exact spelling. So um and also, you know, my email is info at the dot com. So those are ways that you can reach out to me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out to talk to me and everybody else, giving us great tips, mm-hmm. things I can take away too for myself. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Congratulations on all the Thank you. That you're doing. I really appreciate you sharing. So, Thank
1: you. And I appreciate you reaching out to me and giving me the, the, uh, the opportunity to share the information with you guys and talking with me.
0: Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank
1: you. See you guys soon. <laughs> Thank you.